Are You Playing? Hello, and welcome to What the Bleep Are You Playing? A podcast where we play a game many times bad and tell you why the bleep we played it. I am World War Sean. This is Comrade Thomas and Saving Private Mason. And we played... Call of Duty, the finest hour. This game is hard. <laughs> That's just that, that was my main thought playing through this game was that God, this game's hard. Yeah, like I'm, I, I I'm think bad at first person shooters in general. This one was just same. I, I'm also bad at first person shooters. However, I did beat this game, uh, so uh, I'm gonna put that feather in my cap. How does it feel to be better than us? Quite good. <laughs> I'll say I could have beaten the game, but I'll be honest, I got to the second level of the British Mm -hmm. army, and right off the bat, a problem with this game is the lack of checkpoints. Yes. So I got sent back to, I want to say, like, halfway through the level, and I was at the very end, and I was like, you know, I don't need this. I'm good. There are are a lot of moments where you're like, oh, I've gotten so far, and then, you know, because of so much of this game is, like, over-the-top leading military battles where you you would easily die and it's like oh cool let's uh let's start that entire mission over again and Mm. not you know so yeah that i had a resolve that i don't have very often sometimes i was like i am going to beat this game maybe because it's a first person shooter and i am bad at first person shooters and i don't play a lot of first person shooters that i was like i have to prove to myself and everyone else that i can beat this game so there was just in your head the the uh, the Karate Kid music in, is playing, and then from an outside perspective, it's just you on your couch, <laughs> and then he gets sniped in the game. I didn't need Karate Kid music. I just need Michael Giacchino's score in this game. <laughs> All right, that's fair. Yeah, that's fair. So th- this was my game. Yes, and kind of, and you might kind of think that this is a bit out of place for us because, for the most part, we've covered you know. Not the, that realistic of a game. Yeah, this the would most, be the most. The by most far. realistic is like maybe flat out two. Yeah, and even that that has that sort of heightened realism. I mean, you are throwing your driver. Uh, <laughs> yeah, wait, so uh, not, dart played. Not, wait, not exactly. You're telling me Go Vacation isn't real? Sorry, Mason. Sorry, Mason. Aww. We know that's. <laughs> You're telling me Phantom Menace isn't real? <laughs> Anyways, I got nothing. Um, so why did I pick this game? Short and to the point, it's the 20th anniversary of Call of Duty. Yeah. And whether you like it or not, because I know there's plenty of people who like Call of Duty, there's plenty of people who don't. Whether you like it or not, this is one of the most influential gaming franchises of all time. I would and argue I, it is the most influential franchise of the 2010s. Yes, I... I know I'd Modern Warfare came out before that, but I think its heightened powers from basically like 2008 to now, it is the most impactful franchise that has consistently brought stuff out and consistently still been at the top of what people are playing. Yeah, and again, you can not like that, but it's it's the truth. Like, I don't know what to tell you. And... So I thought that it would be kind of fun to go back to the very first Call of Duty. Like the one that started it all. But not all of us had gaming PCs to play the PC version. Mm -hmm. So instead I went with the second best choice, the PS2 port that came out a year later, Call of Duty Finest Hour. Yeah. It's the game that launched a thousand screaming 12-year-olds. That'd be Modern Warfare. I was going to say, that was Modern Warfare 2. So... (laughs) This is, the, this is the game that launched a bunch of cynical fans that are still there today. <laughs> Call of Duty kind of came out of... A lot of the people that developed it had worked on the Medal of Honor series. Yes. So it was a... I don't want to say it was like a put-on-your-uniform-and-war uh, uh, fantasy people, but a lot of the gaming... Uh, PC gaming shooters that were out, that were big, were war simulators in a lot of ways. Mm. Uh, and Medal of Honor is a lot more of a 
is a lot more of like just a war sim- simulator, especially the early ones. This game did have a little more. Uh, the 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 original Call of Duty was a little more of like kind of the uh, cinematic war experience. Is kind of yeah. In in Medal of Honor, you're usually just one soldier. You kind of play the one man army, but it also it's a bit more grounded, a bit more realistic. Realistic as a one man army can be, obviously. Yeah, mm-hmm. but. In Call of Duty, not only do you have a squad with you almost all the time, but it, again, plays into that more cinematic feel, which carries on till even nowadays. Yes. Where uh, even the most modern Call of Duty stories will have these very cinematic cutscenes and cinematic gameplay, mm-hmm. basically uncharted S sections you play, stuff like that. So, And so then, because of the popularity on the, the PC... They they ported them over. Uh, they they hired Activision hired third party uh, developers to develop uh, a PlayStation Two, Xbox, and GameCube port um, for it. And uh, it would be kind of it's not really a true port. It's also not really like a true like it's make. It, it is kind of a adjacent game because the story is is similar, but it's kind of like if it's going side by side. It's uh, it, it, it's kind of like this, what. Uh, Far Cry would do. Yeah. Far where, Cry did something very yes. similar. Yeah, where that had like survival instincts or something for the Xbox or something mm-hmm. like that. The The story is different in these versions. Not radically so, but like you fight different wars. Yes. Like uh, in this, in the PS2 version, it goes Russia, United Kingdom, America is what you play through. In the PC version, it's reversed. You go America, United Kingdom, Russia. And that's because with Russia, you end with the Battle of Stalingrad, which is, I'm pretty sure, don't quote me on this, I failed history, uh, I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's like one of the biggest wars, if not the biggest battle of World War Two. It is, it was kind of the, I don't want to say the end point, but it was the, oh, German Germany's not taking yeah, Russia. Ger- German, <laughs> it was... It was kind of Russia's last stand, their last big fuck you to Germany, basically. Yeah, it's a, yeah, uh, curveball mofos, this is a history podcast now. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I can tell you about the trains of World War II. <laughs> That's about all I got. <laughs> so, uh, as we said, this was kind of a port, not, not a port, but in a, a little bit of a different way. Uh it was made and developed by Spark Unlimited with help from Kuju Entertainment. Uh, Spark Unlimited only did five games in their lifetime. Uh, from wow. this was their first game, ending in twenty fifteen. Yeah, they they closed in twenty fifteen. Their last game was in twenty fourteen, which was Yaiba Ninja Gaiden Z, oh. which I've played, and it's it's a Ninja Gaiden game, so it's hard as fuck. <laughs> uh, so they. They hadn't done a whole lot, but they, when getting this license, they thought they were getting $8 million to make two Call of Duty games. Wow. To make this one and then a sequel. Let me get the title of the sequel. The sequel was United Fronts. Combined Forces. Combined Forces. Call of Duty Combined Forces. United Fronts, I think, was a Medal of Honor game. And they were going to get to be able to make uh, two two games. And then when they went to basically be like, all right, Activision, pay us. And Activision was like, here is $2 million. And they're like, well, hmm, hmm. So we're making one game, and it's going to have some changes now. So uh, th- there was a lot, there were more, uh, from what I understand, there were more campaign uh, possibilities. There may have been a co-op option they were th- considering. I couldn't quite figure out if that was confirmed or not. But interestingly enough, because of the delay, because of these sort of things, that's why they did include multiplayer in it. Mm. Now, it is not split-screen local multiplayer like we would become accustomed to it's with like, it's Modern like Warfare. Yeah, it, it, yeah, they had online for both the Xbox and the PlayStation. The Xbox online went to like 2000. Eight, I think, is when it stopped. The PlayStation, because until the PlayStation server shut down, which was like 2014, so yeah, now it went again, for a while. I don't know why the PlayStation Two online sucked. As someone who played very limited of it, but did play some of it, it was never particularly great. So, mm. but it's the thought that counts. <laughs> uh, but they had that on forever, and but the GameCube had no multiplayer. 
Yeah, none whatsoever, I believe. Damn. Because there was no, uh, there was no uh, online capability until much later. Yeah, uh, and, and, it, and I don't think they took advantage of the link cable. They did not. Wow. So uh, it was just on the PlayStation 2 and the Xbox. I think, I think before we really jump into the gameplay uh, on this game, there's just a couple of fun little tidbits we'll talk about. Uh, we mentioned the soundtrack. Uh, and that it, Michael Giacchino was who did it, uh, yeah. who would go on, you know, now multiple Academy Award nominations, I believe a couple of wins. I, uh, if if not, he deserves. He deserves mm-hmm. it. And, and his soundtrack is just there's the, the moment when you are uh, uh, protecting bunkers in uh, Russia is the one that sticks out the most. Is you are yeah. charging to go take out these bunkers, and uh, the music is just blaring. And at that point, I'm like, "For Mother Russia!" Like <laughs> you, you really like. It, it genuinely does feel like it doesn't feel like you're in the war, but it feels like you're in Saving Private Ryan. If that makes any sense. Where it just feels like you are in the middle of this big cinematic battle. Michael Giacchino's music is just blaring. So, so for and, the record, he he got nominated for best original score in two thousand seven with Ratatouille, and mm-hmm. then won for Up. Okay, there we go. Which, I, I knew he, I knew he was nominated for Up. I just couldn't remember if he won. Yeah, which makes makes a lot of sense. sense. Uh, but also, he's done Star Wars. He's done, done Star Wars. Uh, he's I the Star Trek. He, did he did he do the Batman? Yes, he is the Batman. I thought he did the Batman. Yeah, and a lot of other stuff. Mission yeah, he, Impossible Three. He Mission was for a Impossible while. He was J.J. Abrams' composer. That's right. Because he did Lost you're right, you're and right, he Alias. Did Star Trek. Yeah, yeah, he did Star Trek. I believe he did Super Eight. Uh, uh, he also did the best Muppets movie, Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> so, so they had, and Giacchino had worked on the Medal of Honor series, so that's why yeah, he that's, he jumped over uh, and did this as well. That's kind of his bread and butter. Is actually mm-hmm. the Medal of Honor series. He's done a lot more for that. So that's why I jumped over. And then there's just a fun little tidbit that I think I'm the only person that got to these missions So on it. But when you get to the British side of things, Sergeant uh, Starkey is voiced by ACDC singer Brian Johnson, which is crazy that this port has. That is hilarious. Because, again, this is the first Call of Duty game. And these guys were ex-Medal of Honor people. People, but this was a new IP. So imagine being a new IP in 2004 and being like, "Yo, Brian Johnson, you want to be our commander?" It's <laughs> wild. And yeah, as you did mention, the uh, Spark Unlimited was founded from people who had worked on Medal of Honor. Mm-hmm. So like they 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 worked on that and then moved on to uh, make their own company with their first big game attempt would be Final Fantasy Towers. Albeit when they started, they thought they were making two Call of Duty games. That didn't happen. Uh, because yeah, so. of Activision. Because of surprise! Activ- Activision being a bad company? Yeah, what a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thunk it? In other news, water is wet. Uh, <laughs> and is blue, and Jamie Hoffa has yet to be found. The game was received fairly well. Uh, it, it, it's, it's high mark is the PS2, got a 76 average on Metacritic. Actually, it's low is the Xbox, which kind of surprises me. Yeah. But maybe my thought process maybe on that is because there were a lot of just shooters on the Xbox at that point yeah. uh, early on that maybe it, it didn't separate itself. Whereas on the PlayStation or the GameCube, you did not have those options. So maybe a lot of the people reviewing it, especially for those systems, didn't get the option to play a lot of shooters. So you, you it would be big. You didn't get a Halo on PlayStation 2. And you kind of got a Metroid Prime with... I mean, you you got Metroid Prime with GameCube, but that's less shooter, more exploration. Mm-hmm. And we're still a ways from Killzone yeah. uh, on the PlayStation. Yeah. So, like, it, 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 that would be my guess, is, like, it just kind of fell into the, a lot of games on the Xbox, whereas the, with the PlayStation 2 and the uh, GameCube, it was yeah, kind of unique. It probably got dwarfed by Halo. And yeah, because Halo was the biggest thing ever mm-hmm. at that time, so... It sold uh, 1.2 million copies, and the PlayStation 2 version also received a platinum sales. So, yeah, that means that at least sold uh, 300,000 copies in the United Kingdom. So, nice. It's a it clearly well, as I said, we'll, we'll talk a lot in the gameplay here. It clearly has its issues, and it has some things that go forth it. But you can definitely see where. Call of Duty was going to go from this point. Yeah, you can yeah, definitely this... see uh, why this 
franchise was really popular on the PC. Why, when they re- released Call of Duty on the PC, it was a very popular PC uh, shooter. Yeah, this is you can see the seeds being planted in this game. Basically, they're not growing that much yet, but right. the, you can see them being planted. But yeah, so when we jump into the gameplay here, uh, I said I'm the one. I beat it. Uh, you guys just played through the, some of the Russia missions. But I think the first thing I'd like to start off with is the lighting. Like, I think that's my first thing I really want to talk about. You can't see shit. Which, I mean, I think kind of lends to the realism. Because Mm -hmm. I don't know, could they they really see? Uh, Probably not, but also it is a video game. And I, I, I know that at this point we were kind of reaching the era of realistic equals better. And sure, at some... In some ways, that's fine, but also genuinely, the third Russian mission, you're in the sewer, and I'm—I already have a bad sense of direction. Genuinely, there might be something wrong with me, but there is a section where it's pitch black, and they're like, "Come this way, Sergeant." I'm like, "Where? Which I can't way? see what the where? fuck I'm doing." Which way? I can't so see my gun times. in front of my face. The first guy—I can't think of his name now. The first guy that is your 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 commander and he's like follow me and then you'd uh, have to duck yeah, between uh, fire com- commander russian name yeah you'd have to Polanski duck fire and then he'd be like and follow me and like if you didn't keep your eye on him the entire time while you were ducking or hiding he'd go off a direction and then you have a little map that tells you where to like a little like compass that tells you which direction to go and i'd be like it says i need to go this way but then i take one step and now it needs i'd go this way where are you and a lot of times it meant he was at a lower level or a higher level but like i was i that was what took me a while to get used to in the game was just how dark a lot of the levels are. Now, when you get out in a lot of the tank stuff, you, when you get to those, it's a lot brighter. Most of the uh, uh, sniper levels are brighter. Yeah. It, it's 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 trying to really engross you in that that battle, that 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 siege, that uh, yeah. uh, Any, uh, rush. Even- and so, like, I get why it's dark. It's just, from a gameplay mechanic, it can be a little uh, frustrating. Yeah. And even then, it's the worst in the Russian levels, in my opinion. Because I I played a little bit of the UK. Again, not a lot. And in that level, there's plenty of night sections. And honestly, those are lit fine. But that could also be because you're in, a, you're in kind of a town area. Mm-hmm. And you're raiding the Nazi bases. So they would obviously be more well lit. Now those sections kick my ass, but <laughs> I do think from a tutorial sta- standpoint or from a way to get you feeling the controls, I actually like that they don't give you a gun initially. You have yeah. to kind of dodge through. You're holding. They give first person in line gets a gun, second one gets ammunition, and you're the one with the ammunition <laughs> holding. And you're just like shit. Which means like for the first little bit of the game, you're running with no way to defend yourself, and like if you want to give that feeling of oh shit, I'm in war. Yeah, they really jump that immediately. Yeah, mm-hmm. credit work too. It gives it gives that feeling of just sprinting through the battlefield bullets whizzing by your head you're like shit 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 <laughs> it was there there are frustrating things about some of the the gameplay and that but also i did really enjoy the experience of it yeah uh, I, and as as, as so, again as someone who is not good at shooters uh and dies a lot <laughs> in shooters <laughs> Uh, and has to be like, I'm precisely aiming, I'm precisely, instead of like immediately can like instinct be on someone like immediately. So uh, I felt like, I, I actually felt like this game was fairly intuitive for its controls, even if it is a older game. So the, th- the thing about this game for me is, um, I feel like I feel like there's been a couple games that we've played for this podcast that just haven't been for me for one reason or another. Like, my first thought was, like, uh, Yu Yu Hakusho mm-hmm. or, like, or uh, Budokai, games like that. They just weren't, they weren't really for me. They just weren't my thing. They were perfectly fine games. They just weren't my thing. And when it, when it comes to first-person shooters, it feels like there's two different extremes that anyone can fall, like, anywhere in between, and that is, like, hardcore military shooters like this early Medal of Honor, stuff like that. And then you have the complete other far end, which is like 
fast-paced, colorful, looter-shooter type games like Borderlands or Doom. That's the extreme that I personally mm-hmm. fall into. Those are my type of first-person shooter games. So when it comes to games like this, it, I, 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 I tend to just kind of go... It's like I, I, I don't hate them. It, they're just not my first choice. So that was like... Oh, I can get completely behind that. Yeah, I, that's I, fair. I, I don't seek out these sort of games. Like, yeah, I have played a lot of Call of Duty games over the years, but rarely has it been because, oh, I want to play. It's more of like, oh, well, my friends are playing, or oh, my brother's playing this, I'm going to play with him, or my cousin's playing, I'm going to play with him, you know? So, like, yeah, I'm... that's always kind of been my more experience with Call of Duty than me sitting out and actively, like, seeking out the, the, the military shooters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the freak. I... I don't want to say I seek out Call of Duty because it's not like one of my favorite things or whatever, but like I've probably played the most out of these guys. I've played a good chunk of them, and mm. that's almost exclusively because I like the Call of Duty campaigns. It's mm-hmm. as simple as that. They're good four to six hours of just pure adrenaline-filled action, and sometimes I want that. And as they've ratcheted up the cinematics, and you see that in this, there are definitely moments, but they did not have the graphical capabilities to do what they would do later on with the cinematics. Yeah. But they're very much trying to give you a movie-esque experience for war. Uh, so, you know, if you if you love Saving Private Ryan, you know, yeah, then, you, yeah, know yeah. This is the, yeah. you want to experience it. These are the type of games for you. And yeah. the, so, uh, like... When I went back to play this game, the thing that I kept thinking about was, like, to me, the last truly great Call of Duty game was Black Ops 2, which to me kind of is kind of like a perfect balance between both extremes, in my opinion. It's been a while since I played that game. I could be wrong, but that's how I remember it. So going going back to playing this game, when to me the, be- the best, uh, the la- or actually, yeah, you know what, I will call it. To me, the best Call of Duty game is Black Ops Two. It's a it's a very stark contrast. Yeah, I mean, there's also the fact that, like I said, I'm the one who's played most of the Call of Duties. I've recently played through both Modern Warfare remakes, mm. so just going back and forth between, of course, the newest of the new. You know, mm-hmm. Modern Warfare Two literally came out last year, and going back to the original Call of Duty. It's definitely weird, but it's also, like, it's kind of neat to see just the evolution of this series. Mm-hmm. I, I will also say, in terms of the gameplay, uh, just a little pet peeve I had. R1 is shoot, and L1 is aim in literally every other Call of Duty that I played. It's L2 and R2, yeah, which feels significantly that was, yes. better to me. The because, amount of, you know, they're triggers. The amount of times I would click the wrong button on things... Uh, but yeah, yeah, that was weird. I think that's probably just because you see that because uh, Halo kind of revolutionized what you would control for a shooter with a controller. Because obviously, go back and play things like GoldenEye or Perfect Dark or the Doom uh, ports to the 64, the Dreamcast, mm-hmm. uh, the PlayStation. You, you, you have a variation of what is the shoot button. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Halo comes out, and the, the 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 Microsoft, you know, Xbox controllers are built for this game, basically mm-hmm. with the triggers. That was any, that was uh, something that I noticed playing this game is that trying to play a trying to play a, fr- a first person shooter on the PS2 with a controller that doesn't really have triggers felt weird. Mm-hmm. It just felt weird. Uh, and so, like that that was a thing that like a lot of a lot of games struggled with because. Uh, the 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 Xbox with Halo had kind of created the perfect first person shooter uh, controllers. Yeah. yeah, but at that point, it was so new that people mm-hmm. were like, ah, they don't know what they're talking about. Was it the highest selling game of two thousand one? Basically, it's <laughs> fine. Uh, I mean, I don't know if it was, but it was at least close. <laughs> So the controls, I, I think, were mostly pretty good, uh, at least uh, when you're walking and you're shooting. They're fine. They're, there's some little nitpicks. The way they, they the button layout, I think, isn't yeah. it could have like, been done better. And I think some of it's the camera. Some of it is the way it is. But sometimes you'd be aiming and everything feels a little loosey-goosey. I wanted it a little tighter. A uh, little bit, A little yeah. bit, uh, especially when you have, like, when I have like one of the mini guns or like the the wall mounted guns, or when you get enough ammo on one of your you know machine gun types, you know, right. which ammo can be a problem in this game at times. You're like, oh, I have the perfect gun. Cool, it had three bullets. 
And I'm back to the bad guns. <laughs> yeah. Basically, again, I did not play through the entire campaign, but uh, I always had the MP40. Yes, like the MP40 for because, the Russian. You had for the Russian levels. You had to have the MP40. Yeah, and even, even the British levels, like you get your starting machine gun, and I went through the whole first level without losing it. But in the second level, it's like if you die, I didn't get my ammo back either. So I'm mm-hmm. like, uh, no, I did. I think I. Okay, no. I just went through the whole first level and used up my ammo, and then it was like, hey, you have to storm the Nazi base. And I'm like, cool, I have nine bullets left in my stem. So then you have to switch to the MP40, which, again, that might as well just be, like, on your hip the whole time. Like, you're just always going to have the MP40. Mm. Something that uh, wouldn't really, in Call of Duty games, until, I think, Modern Warfare, but projectile weapons things like grenades and things like that yeah mm. you you can you do have occasionally in this game projectiles but like they're they're not particularly used very often that's something that became huge in, in modern warfare yeah. absolutely yeah the most i remember is that again one of the british levels you have to take out tanks yes and you have to use sticky grenades and mines and it's like that's cool but that's really all i remember it being used for i forgot i had grenades half the time to be honest bring up what mason said it's like when i was playing doom 2016 and it was like man i can't get past this part use your grenades my what oh Oh, yeah that thing uh that's also i'm i'm weird when it comes to first person shooters i like just kind of going in mowing people down rambo style yeah it's like use your use your grenades i'm like my what see that's why that's why i like games like doom and uh uh or like borderlands where you can just kind of like Go in, guns ablazing. Mm-hmm. That's fair. I mean, it's it's a Halo where you would have your grenades and like that became po- uh, you know if you had the sticky grenades, yeah, I'm gonna die, but I'm gonna you know drop a grenade on you <laughs> as I die. <laughs> I became quite good like because I I'm not good at shooters, but I became quite good at being like okay, I know I'm gonna die, so like if you're coming at me to kill me, I'm going to grenade you. Right, right. Uh, and of Same. course, Call of Duty would have you know your uh, modern for your drop grenade. Mm. Uh, and you you also had your you know you you had your last stand sort of thing, yeah. which is really fun in multiplayer in uh, modern warfare and mm-hmm. beyond. And, and yeah, it's basically you can tell this is the first of a series. Yes, and it's also interesting to me, not like super mind blowing because there have been other games with it before, but this is one of the two Call of Duty games with a T rating. It's mm-hmm. not M. Interesting. There's very, there's no blood. Yeah, there's no blood. There's no real swearing because, again, it's weird to play this first and it's a T-rated Call of Duty game and then go to Modern Warfare 2019 where there's literally a mission where you have a armor-piercing sniper rifle and it just blows people's arms off. Yikes. And it's like, good Christ. Yeah, the early... Uh, went back when you could have, you know, the the horrors of war and be rated And be rated T. Uh, so, like... This game, it has a lot of the elements, uh, but like you can you can see where it's going to go, or you can see where they could have taken it and then where they did take it. Uh, yeah. The only other thing I think I'll mention on the controls is there is another section of games where you're in a tank, uh, and it's tank controls. I actually mm. didn't mind the tank control. They're tank controls, so they're not good because tank controls are were never good. <laughs> no. Right. But I, I was surprised at it wasn't as bad as I was expecting, I think. Yeah, nothing... This is my personal bias. Nothing compares to the tank controls in Sly 2. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think I, I think overall, for a lot of the, the, the gameplay mechanics, they all work pretty well if there aren't yeah. just nitpicks that exist on them. And yeah. even, even then with the nitpicks, it's like it's... It's a first. It's the first time they're on console, and they're being made by a different developer than the ones who made the PC version. And so, and at less budget than they were expecting. So the yeah, fact that it's at least that it's competent is kind of a miracle. Yeah, I will say just it's a weird transition that doesn't at all fit with anything. I just wanted to talk about this when we were talking about the music, and I forgot. And the level design where you get the first level and you don't have a gun. When you get the gun, 
when you get your gun, you kill a couple Nazis, and then the doors open, basically, and you're on the battlefield. That is my favorite part of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, when when you when the doors open and everyone charges. Uh, yeah, when, yeah. The, when the doors open, everyone charges. It's the Russian battlefield. You know, bullets whizzing, bombs going off. Michael Giacchino's score is playing. That's that's really the part of the game where, like, I I was I it obviously still had those awkward controls and it kind of had all the problems we've discussed so far. But that was the part where I'm like. Shit, I'm in. Like, the, the first time I played that 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 scene when it, when it opens the doors, I didn't follow my commander because I didn't realize I was still supposed to be following him. So I just charged with them out into battle. I'm like, I'm out to kill me some Nazis. <laughs> just blasting left and right. We're going to be doing one thing, one thing only. Killing Nazis. Uh, and he's like, over here! And I was like, what? Over where? Where? And I'm looking all around like you're not... Because he's literally not even on that section because he, you go through a side area. Go under here! Under where? Because your mission was to take out uh, certain uh, Germans. Yeah, and so I'm in the completely wrong area. So then it was like, you failed. And I was like, I what now? Yeah, you're, I supposed, did what? To, you're supposed to take out the bunkers. And it's like, what do you mean? I'm taking them out right now. I got fully engrossed in engrossed in Mother Russia there and was like, time to charge. <laughs> there were a couple of moments like that in uh, uh, both the British and the the US where you're just like, you are engrossed in this. But honestly, the most engrossing section is the first section, the Russian. Yeah, which is uh, kind of why I wonder why they changed it around for the uh, PlayStation version. Because like I said, in the PC version, you go America, Great Britain, Russia. Possibly because uh, maybe when the one came out, that was the section that everyone loved. I, I, I don't know for sure. I mean, like... That'd be my guess. Maybe. it's kind of remi- It kind of reminds me of some weird changes in, ironically enough, the Medal of Honor series, where in the PC version, you do D-Day, but it's in the middle of the game. Whereas hmm. in the PS2 version, you start the game with D-Day. So, and a, it, a lot it's, it's of kind of just sorry. Go ahead. Just kind of just weird changes like that where I'm like, hmm. And I mean, like, I'm not complaining at all. I don't really mind. It's it's just it's kind of a weird thing I noticed. I guess I should say it is for wanting to continue playing the game because as you said, you know, you started the British and then you know it, you die and you go back a long ways away and you're like. I'm not as engrossed in this, so like, yeah, that yeah. could be an easy. I could see why you would set the game down at that point because, like, whereas in the, a lot of the Russian sections, you're like, oh, I, I need to succeed this, I need to do this. So like, it, there's definitely that element that did that. Yeah, it I, also might be because a large majority of the cinematics or the stuff for the Russian campaign is taken from Enemy at the Gates. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so, uh, no, go ahead. It, it might be, because I've heard the Great Britain, the UK section is the worst section. Yes, I hear, 100%. I hear Russia's great, I hear America's great, uh, but the UK Yeah, I hear is... America's great. I've never been there, but I hear it's great. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and there is the Thomas Slaps Mason portion of the podcast. If you have that on your bingo card, you can cross that off. I'm mentally doing it, but I'm not going to actually do it. But no, I, I hear those two sections are great, but the Great Britain section specifically was the level with the tanks, and you have to throw the sticky grenades, you have to set the mines. I had to do that a bunch, and I finally get past it, and then I get basically fucking sniped by some German fuckwit in the top in the top uh, bunks. And it's like, oh, you have to do it all again, and I'm like, how about no? <laughs> yeah, because like the Russian goes from like... You know, you're charging, and then you're sniping, and then tanks, and then you're taking out a base, and it's always, like, it does not slow down, or when it does, it still feels like that. The British section just feels like it slows down, kind of grinds the cinematics a bit to a halt. Now, then the cinematic feeling picks back up in the in the U.S. section yeah, as well, which, so, like... Which, I guess because it's the middle of the game, they they yeah. had a lot. Of, but I the mean, British stuff definitely feels more tedious. I mean, you can even tell mm. that I think even the developers felt that way because Russia and America both have eight levels apiece. The UK only has like five, mm-hmm. so it, it it's just one of those things where it's like, huh? And, and again, it's just yeah. That's when I kind of stopped with it. So, so uh, in- interesting topic of discussion, uh, Thomas. Since you've played. Uh, the most Call of Duty games out of all of us. I, I brought it up before that I think Black Ops 2 was the the 
is the best Call of Duty game. Which one do you think is the best? I am the most basic of bitch, so I'm going to say Modern Warfare 2. Yeah, that, that'd be mine. Uh, I, I poured a lot of hours in I'm, Modern Warfare with my okay, brother. So. I, I play the campaigns mostly. I'm not that big into the online multiplayer. I'm that freak. But uh, in terms of just, to be fair, I haven't actually played Black Ops 1 or 2. Mm, I ordered them. They're in the mail, so because I'm on a kick. But uh, in terms of just the campaign that I remember the best, the campaign that I straight up was like, shit this is like really good uh it's modern warfare 2 because once you took it out of world war uh world war 2 once you took it out of that which has defined enemies and define you know we, history has defined who the bad guys and the good guys are of world war 2 mm-hmm. and so it's going to follow a lot of those sort of things whereas what modern warfare and why i agree with thomas it's it's the one that i i, I go back to as my favorite it's the one i played the the campaign and everything it adds a level of moral gray that actually works a lot better than a lot of games do. Yeah. And again, I hear the Black Ops games are actually even better at that. But again, it's another thing where I haven't uh, played it. I will say, my favorite bit in any Call of Duty campaign is actually from a very recent one, and one that not a lot of people talk about, Cold War. Mm-hmm. And you want to know why? Because there's a section where you're in an arcade and you can play a bunch of old Activision arcade games. That is, amazing. and that's so funny to me that's to imagine amazing. to imagine this black ops CIA agent who's killed like 300 people with his bare hands, just like ooh Frogger. <laughs> that would be Sean in a war. <laughs> Part of the entire reason I bought the Simpsons game on the DS is you can play Frogger. So yes, that would be me. <laughs> uh, so what? What would you, what would you say was, uh, I'm gonna say disregarding the two new modern warfare's because they're they're brand remakes. Because they're re- yeah yeah okay. remakes. What would you say was the last good original Call of Duty game? Uh, that I played Modern Warfare too. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I'm making people think on this podcast. I never thought because, that would happen. Because the problem with a lot of them is that a lot of them have good portions except ghosts. No one likes ghosts. And look, Call of Duty, to get on kind of the real world kind of depressing topic, Call of Duty gets a lot of racism accusations thrown around. Yeah. I see a lot of them, but a lot of times I think they are kind of overblown. Except ghosts. Ghosts is the one where it's like, Okay, <laughs> that's just weird. And then on top of that, it's just a badly done story mm-hmm. with a cliffhanger ending that's never going to get resolved. But in terms of the best, like, the first, like, really good original Call of Duty, uh, it might honestly be Black Ops 2. Yeah, that's what, I, that's what from, I was thinking. And I, I mean, to be fair, like I said, uh, in terms of the last really good one, I, I even like the Advanced Warfare story, like that game. I enjoyed it. Okay, now... Very unpopular opinion, but you want to know one of the best Call of Duty campaigns in recent years that everyone shit on at launch, but when you actually play it, it's pretty badass? Mm. It's Infinite Warfare. Wow. Mm -hmm. Infinite Warfare, if you play that story, that campaign, it actually kind of smacks. You get Kit Harrington as the main bad guy, for God's sake. <laughs> you get a really badass robot sidekick named Ethan. It's actually pretty solid. But that, like, after... after Black Ops Two. I kind of got. I got to the point where like, like Ghost came out. I didn't really care for that. Black Ops Three came out. It didn't look enticing to me. Black Ops Three, uh, from what I played, is the worst Call of Duty campaign. Like wow. Ghost has, you know, the really problematic stuff, but at least that still has a lot of good sections. Black Ops Three uh, is genuinely boring. They try to do this weird psychological story. And it it's a good attempt, but it just fails miserably. It just so. it just kind of became the same thing that the um, the Assassin's Creed games became, where mm-hmm. like they were doing they were doing the yearly releases, and they just kept coming and coming and coming, and when, nothing felt substantial. When anymore. you have a big franchise and you're doing re- yearly releases, or you know, quick releases of the uh, thing, it's going to end up inevitably feeling. Like maybe a slight graphical upgrade, but you're not doing a whole lot new with it. It's it's why you know, you know, you, you know, so many of the sports games like Madden and the 2K franchises have been trying to like change entire gameplay modes because 
eventually a roster change is not enough to buy and spend $70 for a new one. So, like, yeah. with Assassin's Creed, you kind of came with, like, okay, yeah, it's fun to play more of the same, more missions, but, like, am I really getting my money's worth? And that kind of, for a while, Call of Duty, because they were coming out with so many games. They, they, they yearly had, releases. They ended up just, they ended up really just feeling like sports games almost. Just change the roster, change the guns, change the setting, and then nothing else. Yeah, yeah. and... And a different, and maybe a new story, but nobody's playing these games for the story anymore nowadays, so why even Yeah, because it was a lot of online stuff. It's like, maybe just create new battle passes, you know, create add-ons, but they wanted the full $60, $70 game yeah. mm-hmm. money. Which, at this point... Uh, aside from the fact that it's on an Activision, but let's, let's not, yeah, that. Right. Um, Call of Duty has, is taking a break. After the release of Modern Warfare 2022, they said, we're not releasing one for, for this year, for 2023. Which is good. It, yeah. It's good to it's, take I breaks. mean, Assassin's Creed is taking a break now, too, so. I mean, they take I mean, a, they took a break between Origins, and that was like a big return to form. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, <laughs> I did. I didn't really like the RPG Assassin's Creed. I, I never got around to playing. I, it, but I, I that's from a, what I heard. It was a big. It was. A, that's a different tangent for a different yeah, episode. A different but tangent, there, there's so. a lot of things that I understand why they did it and changed over. But also, I go, you, you got rid of elements of the game because of it. But I think for Call of Duty, you know, if you take this game as a good example of it, is when they focus on the story and the cinematic experience over. Because, look, I'm not taking away from the multiplayer. Obviously, we didn't play the multiplayer on this because we didn't have the ability to hook up multiple systems. Right. Uh, for, you know, an online system that doesn't exist anymore, you know. We didn't have the ability to do multiple TVs and hook them up. So, like, but when you when you nail that, the multiplayer, even though, like, that's what Call of Duty would become known for, it's not as important to make sure it is, like, Perfect. You can get away with a, a a fun multiplayer instead of like realistic multiplayer. Whereas mm-hmm. if you are just upgrading things, then the multiplayer is the the most important thing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for example, and you have to make the campaign like really fucking special. Yeah. Because Call of Duty World War Two, for example, came out and its campaign's solid. Like I don't think it's fantastic by any means, but it's a pretty solid enough campaign. But nobody cared about the campaign because guess what? The multiplayer included loot boxes that could give you three copies of the same gun barrel. And it's like at that point, no one cares about the single player because they're not going to buy it because that's scummy. Yeah. That was that it's, was it's the battlefield too. It's the battlefront two thing all over again. Like when well, when battlefield as well because the same company. Yeah. Did both. Like yeah. when world so. when when Call of Duty World War Two came out and it was like right after. Advanced Warfare and I think Infinite Warfare Infinite too. Warfare too. It was yeah. a, it was after that and it it felt it felt like it felt like they were they were they were trying to go up to fans and be like, hey, we're go, we're going we we know you're not really crazy about the whole future stuff, so we're going back to the old stuff you liked. You're gonna like us now, right? It means we're cool again. It felt like such a soulless the the only thing. The only Call of Duty gave that the fans. And I know Call of Duty fans have a bad reputation, but there are some more, like, chill ones out there. Oh, yeah, there absolutely are. The problem is, you know, you just go online and, and you, you 12-year-olds the, you are saying that they banged your mom. I was going to say, you get 12-year-olds saying slurs in the, and banging your mom. But uh, the last one that I think they everyone in the community genuinely loved was 2022's Modern Warfare 2. And before that, it was Call of Duty 2, uh, Black Ops 2. Mm-hmm. So just that wide of a gap. So, yeah, I think it's good. Call of Duty, take a break, and just maybe refocus. Yeah. Maybe if the next one's Modern Warfare three, or if it's something new, who knows? Yeah, I, I think I think Call of Duty can take a lot uh, from this game. Actually, uh, yeah. you know, uh, because it, whatever they're new, and that's not saying they have to go back to the different time period at all, but by really focusing on the cinematic experience, I think that is something that could bring back in. Obviously, you're not going to get rid of the multiplayer. You're going to you're gonna no. gonna keep it. But like that is just something I think that is needed. When, when I think of Call of Duty games and what separates them, the, the good from the bad, 
or the good from the mediocre or, you know, the best uh, is going to be how does that campaign ex- cinematic experience feel? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like I said, I did like Advanced Warfare and World War II's campaigns and stuff like that. I'm going to remember this more because it has Michael Giacchino's score. It has that moment where you're charging as the Russians. It has Brian Johnson. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So, it yeah, I Absolutely. 100% agree with Sean, actually. Yeah. Uh, so, that's Call of Duty, Finest Hour. And on this podcast, we like to ask two important questions of every game that we play. The first one is, how does this game hold up? Hmm. It's playable, so that, that, so, that means it holds up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. but it, I feel like if we had only gotten Call of Duty games like every four years or every three years instead of yearly, this game would have held up better. But the fact that we've gotten so many Call of Duty games so close together, and the and the fact that they're that each one is pretty much an improvement over the other but only slightly so you can go back to some of the old some of the like ones from like the mid 2010s and there and it's it, it it gets to the point where it doesn't really feel like there's really any reason to go back to this one except for me they're like oh i want to go and see what it was like before but other than that it, experiencing the story is definitely a reason to go back yeah i think i think i do think you are on a, a good line of thinking though on this is that because there have been so many releases, they have tightened the controls up, and that is of the things that of this game that hold up the worst. I think, aside from like, look, it's PlayStation graphics that mm. honestly are kind of low end at times. PlayStation Two graphics. Yeah. Well, it was also early PS. Yes, yeah, so like so. I, I I I understand, and like it's not uncommon for a lot of them, but that there are moments where that doesn't. But the controls, especially if you played modern Call of Duty, that how much tighter and refined those controls have become mm. you go back to this and you're like oh that's right that's yeah. what this is like yeah i'm not gonna say this is like a game that holds up great uh i will say it's it's a fine experience yeah i'll say i beat it if so like, like that a, if not means like a, it has to hold up somewhat yeah, <laughs> if not like a great game it's like a fine experience if you know what i mean like it's fun to go back see where it started I think that uh, is the best way to describe it, though, is an ex- experience. Uh, yeah. But, it, it, yeah, it, it just it has a few elements that definitely don't hold up particularly well. It has some things that you're just like, eh. But I think overall, I think we can say it, it decently holds up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that mm-hmm. it is something that you can you can still in uh you know plug it into your modern tv and play it and it's not like it's like oh my gosh why did they do this for it it? we've certainly played worse it's not like playing say shadow of the tomb raider Mm -hmm. and then it's like hmm or here better example that i've actually played it's not like playing resident evil 2 remake and, and then, then going back and, and playing, Resident, like, Evil then playing Resident Evil 2. It's like, what happened? <laughs> <laughs> Why is everything tank controls? <laughs> but yeah. The second question that we ask on this podcast of every game that we play. Would you like to see a remake or reimagining of this game in a modern setting? So, Which is interesting because this game has gotten a remake. <laughs> oh, basically, uh, got a remake with World at War. And, uh, you know, they, they've ported uh, it. Yeah, uh, kind of. Uh, uh, no, it's, it's, the, it's the two that got ported over yeah. to the, the 360. Yes. Yeah. So, kind of kind of going back to, like, my answer before is, like, since there have been so many Call of Duty games, it, it's like, why, why do we, why, what would make this one coming back? feel any different like what call what call of duty needs right now is something wildly different and yeah bringing bringing back an old game i think i would like to play it in a with modern controls i think that would be something that would be at least appealing would be able to play the cinematic experience with modern controls that's fair uh better graphics so you could see things uh, would help that cinematic experience, but also because there are so many Call of Duty games, and we can go and play World, you know, World War Call of Duty games. And as I said, this game is still playable. I, I don't think I would clamor for either a remake or a reimagining, really. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but but I, I, I don't think it would be a bad idea. Here's my idea. I don't. I, don't, I I'm not going to clamor for it. 
I'm not gonna be, like, banging on Activision's door, like, Give me Call of Duty Finest Hour remake. <laughs> also, respect your employees, you fucks. <laughs> but, uh, my idea, and if they were to bring it back in any way, what I would do. Call of Duty The Finest Legacy. Okay. Take the first three Call of Duty games, put them all in a bundle, and I don't even mean necessarily, like, remake them from the ground up. Just tweak their controls. Add a couple more checkpoints in there and call like the Call of Duty yeah finest legacy collection or something. And you can you can you play the first three. Then you you can play all three kind of like what they said not necessarily ground up but kind of give it the crash Spyro treatment. A little bit yes. And again I don't necessarily need a ground up remake because at that point we're just playing Call of Duty World War Two or something. Mm -hmm. But But going through those first three games would be kind of fun. But with the different story, so yeah I yeah I that's what I would do if I were to bring it back. Do I necessarily want that or wish for that? No, but that would be sort of like the best if, case if, scenario. If it were to be brought back, that's what I would do. Yeah, and, and I think I, I say this a lot about a lot of our games. Like, look, if they dropped this on the the PlayStation, you know, uh, 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 store catalog, you know, yeah. the, the download and play it. Yeah, that'd be kind of cool, you know. Maybe a slight HD remake, you know, that would yeah. help some of those things. So, like again, I don't, I don't think I'd want a ground up. Uh, rebuild, but there's reasons to revisit this game. This game is it, it, it's overall, it's pretty good. Uh, it's held up solidly, so like, yeah, I, I don't think it would be a bad thing, but also considering, uh, as Mason has pointed out, there are so so many Call of Duty games. So many of them. I just don't know if there's much that would uh, uh, differentiate from what we've already gotten. Yeah, like I said, that's why I think the best way to do it would be the trilogy. And again, just call it the legacy. Or but something. yeah. What do you guys think? Are you Call of Duty fans? Do you have a favorite Call of Duty? Well, you can let us know. Or tell us anything else you want to tell us about the episode by sending us an email to bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. That's bleepyouplaying at gmail.com. Hey, maybe we'll even read your email uh, on one of these episodes. And if you would like to suggest a game for us to play, maybe your favorite Call of Duty, well, you can do that by subscribing on our Patreon, patreon.com slash whatthebleep, and subscribe to our Super Bleephead tier. For $15 a month, you can tell us what to play, or if you'd rather tell us what to watch on uh, What the Bleep Are You Watching, you can do that as well. Yeah, All make, for $15. Make us play the Call of Duty DS games. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> so yeah, uh, we're gonna go very far from war with the next game. Uh, uh, something, although somehow more traumatizing. Somehow more traumatizing and a lot more chocolatey. I liked it.